0: Good morning, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I want to ask you to do me a big favor, all right? Uh, I want you to maybe just scooch over slightly and talk with someone that is not a part of your family, okay? This is very important for later on in the sermon. I'd like for you to share what are you thankful for. If you need to stand... Feel free, but all must participate or I will call you up to the front. Oh, I will, all right? So just find someone that is not related to you or part of your family and just share like what are you thankful for? Do you mind doing that? Let's do that real quick and we'll jump into the sermon.
1: All right, all right, all right. Thank you.
0: Man, that's the most sharing I've ever had. No one wants to be called to the front, you know? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We, we have so much to be thankful for. Right? Uh, it's going to be important later on in the sermon, so I just kind of want you to kind of resonate with
1: that, that heart of gratitude. As I begin my sermon, uh, I want to just share with you a truth of Scripture God has a plan. For our lives. When you hear this, how does this make you feel? Maybe that truth encourages you. Maybe it fills you with hope. Maybe it's a truth you've been holding on to in this
0: season of life. It's kind of gotten you through some
1: really tough times.
0: Or, maybe you're like the younger Pastor John,
1: um, when I was a younger Christian not understanding all the truths. When I would hear that God has a plan for my life, it would actually frustrate
0: me. It would confuse me. And the reason why is because my
1: life wasn't working out like I thought, right? And so I would doubt whether, God, do you really have a plan for me? Or can I trust this plan that you have? I'm not sure if you can resonate with that. Well, wherever you are this morning, I want to let you know clearly that it is the truth of Scripture that God does have a plan for your life. Amen? And not only that, but God has a plan through our lives, which we'll get to.
0: Because our God is almighty, he is sovereign over all things. Not just some things, but
1: all things. And sometimes, yes, it is hard to see his plan. But it is a perfect plan that he asks us to trust him and to walk with him. In our passage this morning, we see that God reveals his plan to Abraham.
0: A plan that seemed gigantic. This is what we call the Abrahamic covenant, which was first revealed in Genesis 12 and later here reiterated in 17
1: with the sign of circumcision. So what we want to do is we want to just kind of take a closer look at this covenant and to see the response of Abraham and Sarah to hopefully learn some valuable lessons on how we can trust this plan Sovereign plan. So, point one, if you are taking notes, God has a plan through your life. Through being the key word. Although it is true that God does a plan for
0: your life, if you read scripture carefully, It talks about God's plan not just in references to the circumstances and the blessings that happen directly to us, but how that connects to the blessings that will happen through us. Does that make sense? And we're going to see this with Abraham here. So let's take a look at verse 1, Genesis 17. It says, When Abram was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. It says, Be obedient, trust, walk with me, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. I just want you to take note of that. It's going to be important later. And God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abram.
1: I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will
0: make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. So, God reveals this great plan for humanity through Abraham. This plan is a promise to the nations, one that impacts all of humanity, nations and kings, and generations after generations. Yes, it impacts Abraham directly,
1: because God wants to bless him as the father
0: of many nations, right? Which is awesome, but it's more than for him and his family to just enjoy this blessing and hoard it for themselves. The plan of God is that God wants to bless Abraham, but it is absolutely clear that this is not just for his own benefit, but for God's glory and for the benefit of others. It is through his life that God wants to bless Abraham. Others. That has always been the plan. If you look at Genesis 12, verses 1 and 2, this is the first iteration of the Abrahamic covenant. It says this, the Lord speaking to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless
1: you and make your name great so that you will be a what? Okay, so there's uh, three of you tracking along, but this is key. He's blessing Abram, And he could have selfishly thought to himself, oh, that's amazing. I love that.
0: But if you see what God intended to do always was to bless him so that through his life and the blessings that he has afforded, that he will
1: be a blessing. I asked you guys um, to share what you're thankful for. And, you know, in
0: our family, every Thanksgiving, we try to do this. Like with my kids, I'd be like, please share,
1: like, what you're thankful for. And it's like pulling teeth, man. Right? I'd be like, so what are you thankful for? And they're like, uh, uh and I'm like, make something. up." And what are you thankful? for? You should be thankful for so many things, but what are you thankful for? My youngest one is like, oh, you know, that's like this thing. but this is why Thanksgiving is so important. Right? Like, what are you thankful for? I promised I was going to call some people because I was watching. So Andy, what are you thankful for? You mind just yelling it out. Yeah, health, family. Yeah. Milo, what are you thankful? Family, Okay. It is so important for us to take account of our blessings. Because
0: all of us in this room, we've been greatly blessed, perhaps way beyond what we deserve. If you take a look at our material goods, adequate incomes, families, friends, jobs, homes, not to mention faith, hope, love, and most importantly, our life in Christ. And the question that we have to always ask ourselves is, why are we so blessed materially and spiritually? Is it because God's desire is not just that we would enjoy it, although we can,
1: and there's nothing wrong, wrong with that, but is it that he wants us to use that as a platform? Yes. If we're not careful, we can become Christians but become very selfish with the way we look at our lives and how we interact with God, or even the way we interact with Scripture. Oh, God wants to bless me. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for it. Oh, God's going to protect my village and the people that I care about. Yes, yes. Okay, well, God wants to have you sacrifice something. Bless others and to make him known.
0: God, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that one. Well, you know what? Maybe you might have to walk
1: through some hardship, and through that hardship, people might come to know me. Oh, man, I don't know. It was American missionary Jim Elliott who was martyred for the faith, trying to reach out to use his blessings share with the people that didn't know about Christ. He shares this quote that's one of my famous, one of the, my favorite quotes. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot
0: lose. What he's saying is all of our possessions, even experiences, as good as they are, we can't take it with us. And so we, when we sacrifice those things that we Cannot keep for the sake of things that matter for eternity. That that's worth it. That that makes sense biblically in the plan
1: of God. You know, we've had many families here at Crossway
0: that have sacrificed their summer vacation, right? Like they had maybe plans to go to Hawaii. And then they've said, oh, right, you know what? We're going to push that away. And for this summer, we're going to go on missions to Mississippi. Well, you know what? Let's not go to Hawaii this year. Okay? We're going to go to Japan, where 1% of that country is a believing Christian. Where 99% of the people that reside there are headed for eternal damnation. What we want to do as the blessed people of God is not to just hoard it for ourselves and just enjoy it, but to use that as a platform and to go and to share and to join in what God is trying to do in the world, to be a blessing. And you know what? Let me tell you. None of those families that have done that, I'm telling you right now, have come back on the trip and said to,
1: said to me, Pastor John, we should have gone to Hawaii. Like literally no one has ever said that. They've never come back and said, you know what? Shaved ice would have been much better. I've never heard that. But you know what I hear often? Like they go to go to be a blessing and they come back and be a Pastor Jim, I was so much more blessed. Like I, I went to give and I thought, you know, God gave me so much, I went to give. But you know what? I had some peace. Because there's nothing greater than joining in in the greater plan of God to making known to the nations and to those neighbors around us that sacrifice is always worth. it Because he is no fool to give up what he cannot keep, to work for, to participate in the things that are eternal. This is why the Apostle Paul, in Acts 20, 24, he says this, If you ever get a chance, you should maybe bookmark this. Read it once in a while. It says, I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If
0: only I may
1: finish my course in
0: the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to
1: testify
0: to the gospel of the grace of God. Look, he's not saying like some depressing statement like, oh, my life has no value. He's not saying that. He's saying there is stuff of value, but, but compared To what God has in store for me when I participate in getting the gospel out to the nations. When I live for the greater things of God. That it puts things into perspective. That even those
1: things that we hold on to so tightly as valuable in this world. We start realizing it's not. Friends, we are so blessed because when you look at this Abrahamic covenant, it's a love story. It's telling us that God sent his one and only son, and that plan was initiated in Genesis for you and I, Because he loves us so dearly. And what an honor to take that message and to share it with those that don't know that message. You know, it's so interesting because when we go to Shiogama, Japan, they'll be like, oh, where did you come from? Because they get kind of confused by us, right? Because we speak perfect English, but we don't look American, right? So they'll be like, where are you from? And I'm like, well, where are you from, right? Like, we are you trying to get at? Well, you know, like, we're, we're, and I'd be like, well, I'm from America. Like, oh, where? Oh, California. I'm like, oh, like, like where? And I'd be like, Brea. And they've never heard of Brea right? i never heard of it. Or is that, I'll be like, oh,
0: it's next to Disneyland.
1: And they're like, oh my gosh, Disneyland?
0: And this is literally a lot of the questions I get is this. Why did you come here?
1: Stay next to Disneyland, much better. Why did you come here? Well, because we as a Use our blessings. Of course, it's okay to enjoy them. God gives it to us. But is that our final destination? Of course not. Because God wants to through our life. Use our blessings to be a blessing. How can God use you in this season of life? My brothers and sisters in Christ. Whomever he has placed near you. It is no accident. Who you
0: live next to, who you sit next to at your workplace, your family members that are still living and with you, it is no accident.
1: Those that God brings into your life, God is doing something. And he's asking us always to share his life. We can't do it perfectly. But as the blessed people of God, God has a plan working through us to impact the world so hopefully he would be honored and that our blessings would be shared and that people will be blessed through us. And what if, just what if, church? What if we try to do the creation, we give back, we sleep better at night, we have more joy? What if
0: that this is really the reality that we ought to be stepping into
1: instead of the consumerism life that sometimes we can get caught up even as believers of Christ? Because there is nothing greater than joining in on God's plan of salvation for the world. And through Abraham's life, Now, through our life, through cross with, it. may the testimony be that. Christ's message, His gospel is. So that's point one. Point two: the response of laughter. God is not just
0: involved in the big- picture things of the world, which is important, but he's intimately involved in every single life. God reveals his greater Abrahamic covenant plan. But then he also reveals a very specific plan for Abraham and Sarah. But I want you to look at the response. So let's take a look here in verse 15 to 17. It says this, God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations, king of peoples, shall come from her. Then Abram fell on his face. Do you remember this in the first part? So he falls on his face again and laughs and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? If you look at Genesis 18.10, we actually see Sarah's response in the same story. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tenth door behind him. Right? You see the story? So Abraham's in. He hears
1: that he's laughing. Sarah's like outside the door. Oh, hell, what's going on in there? She hears the story. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, first of them. advanced in
0: years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? So, here's the two responses. And in both instances, Abraham and Sarah both laugh. And the question is, is why did they laugh?
1: Real quickly with the person next to you. Why did they laugh? Go ahead, just share real quick what your thoughts are. I'm not going to call on anyone, so don't worry. Um, Well, did you know that there are many
0: commentaries and studies done on this reason? As to why they laughed. And a lot of the old commentaries, they point to the fact that it was a laughter of joy. That they were so happy after all these years that they fell face down like
1: in reverence, like in the first Abrahamic covenant. They fell face down, and they were just laughing out of joy. You guys, you guys, you guys like that one? Yeah. Okay, thank you for your participation. Some of the newer commentaries, they point to the fact that actually they think it's a, what?
0: a lack of faith. Right? They're like, well, they're kind of like, oh. So it's either like they try to point, a lot of the commentaries and studies, they try to point to the fact of extremes. It's either kind of faith, Joy, or it's a lack of faith,
1: kind of this uh, laughter that's of disbelief. Well, if you follow the story, you know for sure that it's not that they had a complete lack of faith.
0: Because right after this encounter, what does Abraham do? He circumcises all the males in Israel. Meaning that he believed what God was going to do, so he obeyed. So there was a certain amount of belief in what was shared. So why did he laugh? Well, in my studies, it seems to be that it is not one of extremes, but it's somewhere in between. That he did believe, and he did want to believe, but it was a human response to their circumstances, right? Because one of two
1: things. What do we know? Sarah and Abraham were old, 190 years old, right? I remember this week, someone came up to me and my wife, and they were like, You know, Pastor John, you should have a fourth kid. And I'm not
0: kidding. Like, instinctively, laughter just came out. I was like, Oh, yeah? Okay, all right. And no, yeah, and no. And uh, too, we're not going to have four. Okay? Yeah. Is it possible? Of course, it's possible. Is it plausible? No, no way, right? Because three is good enough for us. I mean, not that there's a number that's fitting, but for, at least for our family. And not only that, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm 43 years old. I feel like 63 many days. Okay? I, I'm just tired all the time, right? You know, parents will know this. You're tired so often that there's levels of tired, that there's some tired where you're like, I'm not really tired, but I am tired. So when someone asks you, I'm like, oh, I'm good today. But you're tired, but it's a less level of tired. I saw this on uh, Instagram, I think, right? you mind shooting up that picture? Uh, I was cracking up because uh, I wanted to buy this shirt
1: because it said, uh, back and body hurts. And I was like, dude, amen, that's my life, right? They're old. So it, it's almost this instinctual, like, oh, <laughs> my. But not only that, What do we know about Sarah? Well, in Genesis 11:30, this is what it says. It tells us that actually she was barren. Meaning, for years, for years they were trying to have. Years they were trying. And this was a sensitive. I mean, can you imagine? This is probably an area for her that was so painful. A scar, you might say. And God is like, well, you know what? I'm going to do a miracle in that area. But for years, she's been struggling with this. Can you imagine, like, the, the struggle with this? Sometimes we look at biblical characters like robots. But I want you to really, I want you to
0: step into uh, really what she would have felt like. Just to get a glimpse of that, I want to share a little video. That's a testimony from three women that can't have children. Because I want you to step into her shoes and to hear these
1: words from God. So take a look. My thoughts were that um, you meet someone, you get married, and you eventually have children. It kind of seemed like
0: something that I would eventually do because it's what most people eventually do. I wanted kids really badly when I was growing up. Whenever I would get in trouble, I would write it down in my diary, like, see kids? Even your mom was like this one day. In 2012, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, which is basically like one of the leading causes of infertility in women. Have hypothyroidism, I have um, Hashimoto's, and I have PCOS as well. So, all combined, or
1: just really, really high risk factors.
0: The definitive reason
1: was unexplained.
0: Times when I would talk about it, people would either a change the subject or just be kind of like awkwardly talked to me about it because they felt like it was something that I was really upset about and they didn't want to upset me further. I kind of didn't tell anybody for many, many, many years because it's not something that you tell people, oh, by the way, I have issues. There were a few times where I thought I was pregnant and then I wasn't. It started to feel like I was cursed. It was never my choice, you know, whether or not I would be able to have children easily. I was seeing the face of the unborn child that I would never have. Whether or not you want to have children, receiving that piece of news is really hard and can change your life. I feel like I'm missing out on this club. I wanted to be a part of that club and I still couldn't get in. I felt really lost and I felt like I couldn't offer what I needed to offer in order to be like someone that someone wanted to be with
1: for the long term. It sucks sometimes. I don't know how else to describe it except that it just stinks. I want you to sense the emotions of the And you can imagine this is heartbreaking for these women but it was probably that much harder for Sarah. And the reason why I say that is because in the Old Testament culture, not having children was actually literally seen as a curse from God. Because children were like a sign, a source of labor.
0: It was a sign of blessing and success. Did you know in the Old Testament that not being able to have children, it was a grounds for divorce. Now that's not fair, but that's how it was. And so you can imagine how Sarah felt
1: and then God comes and says, in this area, I'm going to do here. And for her, she probably was like, God, all things are possible, but really, can I trust you? First off, I just want to remind you that God's plan for our life Never negates the fact that we will not go through any sort of pain. I just want to get that out there. But here's the coolest thing: God not only
0: uses our blessings, God not only uses the happy times and those joys and our
1: skills and the things that we can be proud of. God uses and He does use even our weaknesses and the areas of scars, the areas of things that we find ourselves maybe even at times, not liking about ourselves, maybe even hating about ourselves. But God can redeem our pains and tears and utilize them for his glory. But you know what's very interesting? I don't know if you picked it up but when abraham hears this great plan of salvation
0: he has no qualms about believing
1: he's
0: like i'm gonna do nations and kings and generation after generation and he's like oh yeah i like it i'm on board yes and it's like well by the way actually uh, i'm gonna give you a son and then all of a sudden it became very personal and individual in an area that is very sensitive for them. And all of a sudden, they laugh, and now they have to struggle with the fact, can I trust you in this? Isn't it very interesting that that happens to us, is not it? Like you'd be like, let's pray for the missions team. And you pray in faith, believing that God's going to do something amazing. Someone is sick at church, we're going to pray for them. And you pray
1: in faith it happens to you, what then? Oh, man, can I, tr- can I trust you with this? And you see Abraham and Sarah having to wrestle through. You know, Tim Keller uh, was, was a pastor in New York. He
0: was um, diagnosed with stage four pancreatic.
1: And he wrote an article in the Atlantic, and you can kind of shoot that up. And uh, it was very profound. Growing my faith in the face of the... He spent years teaching and preaching about trusting God through difficulty and trials and even sickness, praying for miracles. But when it came to now, him going through. What then? That like, can I trust? Can I trust you? Even in this. My friends, um, look. All of us in this room, we have scars. We have areas of weaknesses. We have areas right now that we are vulnerable. And when the Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding, like you can
0: put that on a mug. You could even shoot that up on Twitter or on Facebook or on your story. And then when it becomes real and you have to walk in it because there is a struggle, there is a vulnerable area, and God is saying, I can do a miracle. That doesn't mean I'm going to always take it away, but I do have a plan for this.
1: Will you trust God? And sometimes the answer is, I don't know. But this is where our faith gets very real. When God is not just knowledge. And all of a sudden, you have to walk and trust in him. Where is that pain or that scar or that struggle for you this morning? Because God has a plan through your life, right, To use your blessings, to honor him, and to use it for his glory. And, you know,
0: that's challenging enough. And then now, Pastor John, you're saying, man, my vulnerable areas,
1: the scars, the weaknesses, give that to the Lord? And it's like, yes, that, that's what he's asking Abraham Israel to do. And I'm going to use that as a testimony for my glory. My friends, there isn't really like a takeaway from this sermon. It really is, can you trust God to give him your blessings, your material goods, your time and your life, your family, for the sake of his kingdom stuff? And
0: can you even be vulnerable enough to let him use those difficult areas and to ask for a miracle? And when he doesn't, to trust that his plan
1: and his thoughts are higher than ours. Because when we walk in those things, walking as people of faith. This morning, as we close, we're going to spend time praying because the things that we're talking about here are not easy. They're not even things that are very natural to us. And maybe you've been leaning so much into your own abilities to try to conquer or to face some of these difficult things that you want to face with me. Can we surrender it to you? Because, my brothers and sisters, our God is trustworthy. We can trust Him. Because when you look at the Abrahamic covenant, I just want to end with this. Generations and generations. He's been faithful and he brought his son, Jesus Christ, through the lineage of Abraham. He was faithful. We can trust him because he will carry it out for his good because he loves you and God. So no matter what you're going through, good or bad, let's trust him. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says this Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream, and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear. Father God, we humbly come before you this morning. We want to be the men and women, your sons and daughters, that learn what it means to trust in you. Not just in the good times, but even in the times of drought, in the times when fear tries to creep in. And we thank you, God, that you are faithful. Not just to Abraham and Sarah, but you've been faithful to us. And maybe some of us, we are, we are shaken, and we've been living life, uh, maybe just on our own accord. God, teach us that the best place to be is to be those that have complete trust in our God, who loves, who protects, who walks with us. Redeems our troubles, our difficulties. God be honored in this place. May you, as you blessed us, help us to be a blessing to those around us. Use the good, the pains, the struggles. you so much. In your son Jesus' name,